Well, how many of you enjoy waiting? Anyone? We're not particularly good at it. Uh, we tend to create technology to m make it possible to wait for as few things as possible at all. Uh, I remember not necessarily loving waiting, but I remember like the joy of it when I was a kid. You know, when grandpa and grandma were coming to our house and all three of us kids would just stand outside the, the big picture window and just wait to see their car coming down Main Street. Um, but I wasn't particularly good at waiting even then. Uh, you know, our family, like yours, uh, anytime we got in the car to go anywhere, even if it was to grandpa and grandma's 20 minutes away and we had been there 50,000 times, we would st it only took to get to the outskirts of town before somebody said, are we almost there? Are we there yet? Right? We're not very good at waiting. But Advent is a season of, of waiting, of longing for God to break through, to come and enter our world, our experience, our lives. It's a time of anticipation. I kind of like looking out the picture window, just waiting to see what he's going to do and when he's going to show up. As I mentioned earlier, uh, our series is Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, today's title is Through the Night. We're talking about waiting. In the next Sundays, we get to explore stories that tie to the blocks, but because the blocks don't start yet, we get to just experience the wait and anticipation. And so this morning we're going to look at one of my favorite psalms, Psalm 130. If you're using your pew Bible, it's on page 533. And it's a, a song of ascent. So it's part of their, their little hymnal that they used in their journeys to Jerusalem. So the songs of ascent are a series of hymns, songs, poems that they would recite and sing on their journey to the big celebrations in Jerusalem like Passover. And uh, they're also a unique way to explore our own discipleship and our journey with Jesus. But Psalm 130 talks about waiting. So I invite you to turn there. Psalm 130, starting at verse 1. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Okay. Uh, there are more verses. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Let's pray. 
O great God of highest heaven, we come before you today and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your work in our world and in our lives. You know that we're not good at waiting. It's hard for us. And yet, there's something meaningful in it for us. So you do your work and we wait in expectation. So we pray that as we reflect on this psalm today, that you would help us hear your voice, that you would remind us of things that are deeply true about you, about us, about the world and the universe that you've made, and about the plan that you have for us. We pray that you would set the stage for this beautiful season, and that you would draw us close. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we reflect on this psalm, we're going to reflect on the season of Advent and what God is doing. And the first thing we recognize is that Advent is a season of longing with honest questions. The psalmist writes, out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. So the image there is kind of just being stranded in the sea just treading water, just trying to keep your head above water, and sometimes life feels like that, right? Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. So we know that God hears us. We know that he's always present and that he's never left us alone. But in the darkness of waiting— we can sometimes feel just very desperate. And so we, we call out to God and we ask for things that we know he's already told us he's given us. And so we say, Lord, hear my voice. Hear my prayer. And we know he does, but we're so desperate, we just have to make sure he's paying attention. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy out of the depths, I cry to you. Sometimes as I, I think of my own experience of Advent, I kind of try to connect to the people of God in history. And I think especially about the intertestamental period, that 400 years of silence when there was no prophet. Like it was hard enough for God's people to follow him and pay attention to him when, when he showed up in a cloud and spoke from the sky and then There were prophets all the time to remind them of what God had said, what he had done, what he was promising, and what he had called them to. But then I think about this time, 400 years. Generations of people were born, lived, and died without the experience that had been common to God's people. There was no prophet speaking to remind them. Yes, uh, they still had their priests and they still had their practices and they were still reminded of God's word. But there was no prophet reminding them of what God had called them to and what he had promised in the same way that they had always experienced. Generations of people lived in this darkness, this silence, this void. And so you can imagine the anticipation, and it was a significant time in their history. They saw the Greeks 
come and the Romans overtake them. There were, it was a time of war. Confusion. Oppression. God had said he would send a savior and they were feeling alone. Advent is a season of longing with honest questions. God, can you hear me? Am I alone? Will things ever get better? How long will I have to wait? Are we almost there? Am I redeemable? The psalmist says, Lord, if you kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? The psalmist says, I'm desperate, Lord. Out of the depths I cry to you. Please pay attention to my voice and hear my cries for mercy. But even as I call out to you now, even as I beg for your attention, I have to acknowledge that I'm not worthy of it. And Lord, if you kept a record of sins, who in the world could stand? But with you is forgiveness. My wife and I, uh, my wife Chris and I were, well, I guess, yeah, I only have one wife. Uh, um, her name is Kristen. Um, we, I just didn't want to not say her name. Um, so, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, just on a whim, we decided to watch the new uh, Christmas movie um, called Spirited with Will Ferrell and uh, Ryan Reynolds. And we knew it would just be kind of a silly experience, but um, I decided to start it and just kind of see what it was like while I was waiting for her to be ready to watch the movie that we'd actually pick. But, and it's kind of a, a new take on A Christmas Carol. Um, but as we were watching, there was this moment in the movie that, that just speaks the truth of Scripture. It's this experience that the psalmist has. Lord, if you kept a record of sins, who could stand? And Will Ferrell's character sings this song called Unredeemable. Reflecting on his past, he asks these questions in this song. Am I forever unredeemable? Can I ever overcome all the wrongs I'm running from? Can my worst be left behind? And do I deserve to find there's a soul who could see any good in me? Or will I only ever be unredeemable? He recounts some of his errors. He says, spent every waking minute taking all that I could take. Never stopped to reckon with the ruin in my wake. With all the bridges that I burned, all the wounds I didn't mend, all the worth I thought I earned, it turned worthless in the end. What was it for? Is it possible I was meant for something more? Am I forever unredeemable? Can I be the man who breaks from a lifetime of mistakes? Can my worst be left behind, and do I deserve to find the kind of love that I could lean on every day? Or will I learn I have to stay unredeemable. Advent is a season of longing 
with honest questions. As we look at our lives, as we look at the chaos in the world around us, and we think, wow, this feels dark, and, and a lot of times it can feel like God is silent. We wonder, how long, Lord, will we have to wait? That too is a question in the Psalms. So it's a long, old human question. But Advent is a season for asking honest questions and longing for God to break through. And the experience is so universal to humanity that even this secular little silly movie asks the questions that ache in our hearts. Second, we're reminded that Advent is a season of faith and anticipation. We wait for the Lord. We wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. We anticipate his coming like the watchmen anticipate the break of dawn. I don't know how many of you have worked night shifts. I have not. Um, my wife has, so I, I've experienced it that closely, but that's about it. Um, I've done plenty of all-nighters, even grading papers sometimes. Um, but I picture in biblical times these walled cities and the watchmen standing guard at night in the darkness, looking out into the black void, anticipating that trouble could come, knowing that most days it doesn't. And the anticipation of knowing that the morning will come. That as dark as the night is, the morning will come. There's that quote from Hal Borland that says, No winter lasts forever, and no spring skips its turn. We know that in the midst of the darkness, something good is coming. And not just in this existential hope, that we create as human beings, but because God has told us he has not left us alone. He promised that he would send a savior, and we know in this side of history that he did. Jesus demonstrates God's ability to keep his promises and to do all the things that he said he would do. He said he would send a savior and we as human beings waited a long, 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 long time. But Jesus came. 400 years of silence, no prophets. But then John the Baptist emerges and says the kingdom of God is near. Advent is a season of faith and anticipation. It's a, it's a time when, as the psalmist says, I put my hope and in his word, I put my hope. God has spoken truth, and we can rely on it. So even though we live in a chaotic time that's confusing and feels dark, and we can feel alone, and we can wonder, when is he going to break through and make this right? Advent is a season for longing and asking those questions, but it's also a season where we turn to his word 
and we look back at what he's done and we know that he's capable of doing what he's promised and he said he's going to come back and he's preparing a place for us. That the waiting that we're experiencing must be good for us in some way because he's still at work. He has not abandoned us. He never has and never will. We wait for the Lord. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. And just like the watchmen know each and every night, they cannot hurry the coming of the dawn. They have no control over it. They know it will come, but they can't make it come when they want it to. The same is true for us. We enter into this season with humility, knowing that it's up to God. He knows the time and he's planned it well and we can entrust ourselves to him. We don't know his timeline. We don't have an alarm clock that's going to tell us how many minutes are left before God moves on the scene again. But we know we can trust him and we anticipate what he's going to do. We see evidence of his work in our lives and in the lives of other people, and we see it around the world. So we're grateful that we get these glimpses. We are not alone. God has not abandoned us. We trust his word and his work. Advent is a season of longing where we ask honest questions. It's a season of faith where we anchor ourselves in who God is, what he said to us, the promises he's made, and the reality that he's already broken into our time and space. He's part of our history. We know that he can do all these things, and all the things he's promised are real because Jesus came. Jesus lived, and he died, and he rose again, and he lives today. And so we are confident and we anticipate what God will do. Third Advent is a season of hope and peace. God is with us and he's at work. Last couple verses of the psalm say, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love. And with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. He answers that core question that Will Farrell's character asks again and again. Am I forever unredeemable? The psalmist asks, Lord, if you kept a record of sins, who could stand? But then he also, the psalmist also tells us, reminds us, anchors us in this hope that we can put our hope in the Lord, we can find hope in the Lord because his love never fails. Jesus didn't just come to fulfill the word of God, to fulfill God's promises God promised all those things. He promised us a Savior. He promised us Jesus. He promised us salvation because he loves us. And his love never fails. 
We don't deserve it. We know at least some of the list of wrongs that we've done. We know how we've hurt other people, and we know that in that we hurt God, and we, we know that we have not been faithful in all that we've done. But he has mercy for us. And Jesus himself, though he had no sin, came to be sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That we would cross over from death to life, that we would be adopted into God's family through redemption in Jesus. That through Jesus' life, God buys us back out of slavery to sin and restores us as whole people, as his people, his children. And so we live with longing and we ask honest questions, but we know the truth of who God is and what he's done and what he's promised us. He's demonstrated it in our history and so we can rely on it. And so we anticipate what he will do next. And as we reflect on all he is and all he's done, it grows our confidence. We find encouragement in recognizing that the God of the universe made us on purpose and he loves us. And his love never fails. And with him there's full redemption. He fixes all our gaps, all our holes, all our brokenness. He will redeem us, his people, from all our sins. And so this is a season of hope and peace, even though we live in a chaotic world, in broken lives, because God is greater. We just spent a whole year reflecting on that. Jesus is greater. And he's enough for us. And he has come. And he's promised us that he's coming again. So that we can be with him. And even now, in the darkness, in a different realm that we can't quite see, through the fog, he's preparing a place for us. And so Advent is a season of longing where we can ask honest questions. It's a season of faith where we anticipate God's going to come through like he always has. And it's a season of hope and peace. Because as we reflect on all God is and all he's done and all he's promised us, we know that we're safe if we're with Jesus. That he's given us the opportunity. Jesus has come and he calls us to follow him. In Advent, we anticipate what he's going to do next. We hear his voice call to us again. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning and... I'd imagine that most of us have those honest questions and longing. We know the truth and 
we've got faith and we say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And Lord, we know the peace that you offer us. We know that hope is not wishful thinking, but it's certain expectation about what you have promised to do. So in this season, as we prepare our hearts to celebrate your coming, we pray that you'd move in us, that you would move into this space and help us hear your voice. Lord, if we've been running from you and living in the dark, we pray that you shine your light and help us recognize your voice as a safe and welcoming voice, that we would leave the darkness of sin and come into your family. We pray that for the people in our lives that we love so much. Lord, we pray that in this season of Advent that we wouldn't only be focused on what you've already done, done in the past, that we would also open our minds and our hearts to the things that you've promised yet to do. That you would prepare us to be mobilized as your people in this broken world now. And that we would be prepared to receive you when you return. And Lord, as we think of all the wonderful things that you've done, your deep love for us and the way that only through you can we know that we're redeemable. We pray that you would anchor us in that truth, that we would find our home in you, and that you would give us hope and peace that transcends our understanding, that you would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In your name, Lord Jesus.